Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. No hype, no BS, no censorship. Just real-life online marketing tactics. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster. Hey, Matt, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining the Authority Hacker Podcast. I'm not sure everyone knows who you are. I actually was reading your blog before you contacted us to join the podcast. So I, I knew you, I knew who you were and what you were doing. But I don't think everyone does. So can you just introduce who you are, what you do, and the projects you work on? Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. No so I I run a few sites, but my biggest one is called swimuniversity.com. And I teach people how to take care of their pools and hot tubs. And I've been doing that since 2006-ish, 2004. And I've been full-time since 2011. I also have a site called Brew Cabin, which is a homebrewing website where I teach people how to homebrew because I'm a homebrewer. I also grew up in the pool industry, hence the reason I have the pool site. And I have a site called moneylab.co where I basically do experiments and do challenges on those two sites. And I just kind of like live, I want to say live blog or live journal about them publicly on Money Lab. Yeah, I think that's why I follow Money Lab because, you know, like a lot of online marketing content is just like, it's it's pretty terrible, let's be honest. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. it, does, it just feels like it's written by people who never did that. But I like the experiments. I like that you show that. And I think there's a lot, always like some kind of learnings that you don't necessarily find in similar articles when you do the experiments. So it's right. always quite interesting. Even if they don't work out or something, you're like, oh, that's probably why it didn't work out or something. And also, yeah, you're honest. Like when it doesn't work out, you just tell people it didn't work out. Which, yeah, it, there's not a lot of people who do that in online marketing. Let's be honest. No, and the, the, <laughs> the one thing that I say about that too is sometimes when you, you know, everyone's like, oh, fail fast. And when you fail, you learn. And it's, and it's all about like, oh, you know, this work, didn't, yeah. yeah, it's like this didn't work out, but oh, you know what? I learned so much in the process. Where I go, this sucked. That was just terrible. Like, ugh, yeah, maybe I learned something, but come on, man. This is, this is, this is awful. And so I'm not afraid to say that. Yeah. yeah, I think it's interesting as well because what you do very often is you take what you find in like most articles that talk about a topic when you like say like like you're doing this podcast one, for example, now, etc. Uh -huh. I feel like you're following like, you know, I've read like a, a hundred guides on like optimizing for iTunes slash Google, Apple Podcasts, etc. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you're doing that. It's like, I feel like a lot of the times people try that. It just doesn't work out. It's just like not real or something. It's, right. it's good that you expose that essentially because... Well Right, because a lot of them will write how-to articles and they'll just like, they'll just collect all this other. information. Right, just and it's just like, uh, right, exactly. It's like Neopata, like Neopata or whoever writes a guide without right. having done it very deeply and then everyone just copies the article and everyone, because Google wants that intent on page one, they essentially yep. assume that this is the, the correct information. That's what ranks on page one. Everyone believes that's what you should do. Nobody tries. Yeah. And then when people try, they're like, nah. Yeah. And no one will expose that. Right. And I guess that's why I don't have a lot of SEO traffic on Money Lab because I mean, I'm not, you know, part of the reason like why Money Lab, Money Lab is my favorite thing that I do and I'm very proud of it, which mm -hmm. is weird for me to say because I'm just, as somebody who creates things online, like I quickly get bored and I quickly move on to things. But Money Lab is that thing I keep coming back to like, man, I'm, I like doing this because I am honest. I'm honest in real life. Like I'm just a, I kind of wear everything on my sleeve. If I feel pain, if I'm in, I'm hurt, that's the first thing I'm going to walk up. They're like, how are you? I'm like, you know what? My foot hurts. My, yeah. my, I got a headache today. They're like, oh man. <laughs> but, so we're quite similar. Uh, we're quite similar in that aspect. Like I think, yeah, <laughs> I think people and it's like, right at home with you. Yeah. And, and I think putting that online is, it is authentic. And I, I try not to do, because there is definitely a lot of people who do false authenticity, right? Yeah. False honesty, where it's like, Oh, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you guys, like blah blah blah. But then the, the way that they speak feels like you're getting marketed it to, right? Yeah. And I try, I kind of, I'm kind of like, I don't want to say anti-marketing, 
because I guess what I do is marketing, but it's just like, I don't really care if you buy my stuff. I just want to do the content that I like to do, which is just... And what's easy for me, what's easy for me is just to sit there and talk about what I'm doing. And if it fails, it fails. If it works out, it works out. And if it works out like kind of okay, I'll say that too. It's like, I'm not trying to fluff my numbers or anything. Yeah, that's why your content is interesting to follow. Like, there's not a lot of online marketing sites I follow, but you don't have time to publish a lot because obviously these take a long time and they're quite difficult mm-hmm. to do. So, I mean, I understand we've done that before. It's it takes forever, yeah. so I don't blame you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying like, but when there's a new post, it's quite interesting to follow. But before we get to talk about all that stuff, I want to talk about okay. Stream University. I want to talk about your authority sites, all that stuff, because you've mm-hmm. actually done that longer than we have. I mean, we're called Authority Hacker, and you started before us. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I don't know if I've been doing it good for a long time, but I've been I doing see. it for a long time. You know what I mean? Huh. I stumbled my way for the last 15 years into this. I mean, yeah, it's like, it's easy when someone has already done all the tutorials to follow that and do it again and like mm-hmm. catch up really quickly to them. Uh, we have a lot of our members who caught up to us really quickly as well. We're like, we did our course on like showing how, how we did our stuff. And some people who were like really low just took these things and sometimes they're beyond us now at this point. <laughs> right. When you're the first ones doing this, it's normal to like, that it's difficult. And so... I, yeah, I, it's I, uncharted I territory. It. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Swim University. You had another site called Roasty Coffee. You sold it, right? I sold it. Yeah, I sold it in 2018 for okay. 55000 which nice. you can read about on Money Lab. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, just, I, had, I, I had it for... Yeah, I had it for two years. And what I did with that site, I was basically like, and I can talk about some university because I've been doing that one for so long. And it is an authority site. I mean, that's exactly what it is. And I was like, you know what? I like coffee. I want to start something new. I didn't even research it. I was just like, oh, it's co- I like coffee. So I'm just going to do a coffee site. And I immediately came up with Roasty off the top of my head. I was like, that's cute. And my goal was to take the last 10 years of running some university and, and all the mistakes and everything that I did and go, can I do this in half the time or, or faster? And in two years, I was able to grow it from zero. There was nothing. It was, it was not, I didn't buy the site or anything. It, was, it went from nothing to about 100,000 visitors a month in two years, nice. only by producing one article a week. Every Monday, we would produce a new article. So by the end, I had about 104 articles. Nice. Like It's quite interesting that you didn't try to scale content more. Like usually when people build these kind of sites, you know, like starts working, they're like, oh, okay, we're going to 10x the content and 10x mm-hmm. the links and then keep doing that. I guess you focus more on quality or like you try to build some kind of promotion engine behind the content or something? Yeah. Yeah. Quality and just, you know, organic backlinks. You know, I didn't build any backlinks for that site. I'm kind of a, just, a, I, I, that's kind of my move is to just mainly focus on the quality, promote it to the people that, you know, give us permission to market to them, whether it's through email marketing or social media. We really didn't do for, for Roasty. We only had a YouTube channel with maybe 25 videos. And then when we had all the other channels, like we had, uh, you know, Pinterest and but we really didn't do any of those. We just focused on building articles on the site with some videos and promoting that to our audience. And then Google just kind of finds you and rewards you because you make good stuff. And that was, yeah, it was really about focusing on quality over time. And we're only talking two years, which isn't really that long, but we didn't, yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't go and build, you know, ask a bunch of people for backlinks. I didn't try to scale up and do two articles a week, three articles a week, one every single day. I know that, you know, when I sold it, that certainly I think was the case because they, because when I sold it. When I look at the site, I can see it like, oh yeah, like something with personality to something that's just like a generic site about coffee. Yeah, (laughs) right. And it, but when you look at the traffic and especially in something like Ahrefs, you just see it go like it just skyrockets. And I'm like, okay. And that was just stuff I wasn't willing to do because 
I, you know, I had some principles on the site, specifically that coffee one where I was like, I'm not going to talk about, you know, Keurig machines and Nespresso machines because it was, a, it was really about like making really yeah, yeah. good coffee at home. So, you know, principles uh, get in the way sometimes. I agree. It's like we were so we were talking about that with uh, Mark, my co-founder, on another podcast. We're like, imagine if mm-hmm. we blasted our email list with JVZoo offers, etc. Like, it's like we would yeah. just all our souls, but like we would probably make pretty good money. Exactly. Um, yeah. So that's I guess true. I guess it's like kind of. Do you ever do link building for your sites? Like, like nope. never. Mm-mm. It's very interesting. We're kind of like the opposite here. So it's going to be yeah. interesting to talk about this. Yeah, I, I've uh, you know kind of going back to some university and talking about how that whole site started because. I was in the pool industry since I was 13 and you know I was a pool guy. I worked at I mean I didn't go to people's houses to clean their pools. Mm-hmm. I worked in retail. So people would come into me. I was a 13-year-old. Adults would come into the store and be like, "My pool's green." And I'm like, "All right, come on, dad. Let me show you how to do this." And it's like there's a lot of power behind that and then I learned how to do website design because I was in a band and long story short, I just married those two worlds together and I created Swim University. And that was in 2004 was the idea. And then I bought the domain names and I procrastinated for a couple of years. I lost the domain names, had to buy them back. And then I really started in 2006. And so, yeah, and it was the same thing. I was writing all the articles and I wasn't a good writer. I actually, did, I actually dropped out of college, didn't fail to every English class in high school. And I just had to kind of you know, beat my way through it and started doing videos and stuff. And at the time, this was 2000, I want to say 2007. Mm-hmm. I joined a community called the Keyword Academy. This was like the first. I think this is like I think this is like pre Pat Flynn, pre all yeah, you know it seems like all this it's stuff. Pretty old. Yeah, at the time they were. I can was tell you the story. Samurai? It was was it before that or, or was it was it was it a community by Market Samurai? It's like no, no, it was okay. completely no. Do you know? Um, there's a there was a guy. It was uh, Courtney Tuttle, I believe his name was, and Mark. Ooh, I'm drawing a butler. And uh, so these two guys basically started this community. I think it was $35 a month. And you know, they were teaching us how to build backlinks, write articles. And we were, you know, we were using Unique Article Wizard. We were, we were spinning content. I was doing that I was, at the time too. <laughs> easy, remember Easing Articles? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I was... Dude, I had... They sent me, they sent me merch because I was giving them so much wow. content and just getting backlinks. And then... 2008 hit, which was either Panda or Penguin. Panda. And my, yeah, my site was like, Is that an and then literally from like one of the sites that rank in every subs to literally not existing anymore. That was yes. Really and yeah. And I was just, I literally had like a 300 word article about robotic pool cleaners and I was wow. just putting it in unique article wizard. And it just like, you know, changes sentences and just yep. keeps, you know, produce like 10 or 15 articles for you which were unique. And <laughs> I had a spreadsheet where I was just like, all right, I had like 150 backlinks on easy articles and all these other article directories. And then they were building in the community, they were building software so that all of us in the community could share posts between each other. And our like, like our really like basically a content or a link farm we were basically building. Yeah, but yeah. all of this was done in earnest. No one was, we weren't being taught because this is how you gain the system, blah, blah, blah. It was just how you did things back then. Everyone did SEO that way. Like literally yep. White Hat was not economically viable. Yep. When you look at the amount of backlinks you could create and how successful they were. Like I, I ranked websites in four hours with Unique Article Wizard. At the time. <laughs> right. It's like, it was just too good for White Hat to be viable. Yeah. And Google wasn't using AI at the time. They were, you know, they were using backlinks as votes, right? Mm-hmm. And it just worked. So, and then 2008 hit. 
we tanked, they completely changed their business model. And that's kind of when I left the community and was like, oh man, these guys, they really like, we all kind of took a hit. I was like, I need to find another way. And then I found Pat Flynn at the time. And then I found Corbett Barr, who ran at the time Think Traffic. And I followed his mantra, which was just write good stuff for human beings. And that was not, that was a novel idea to me at the time. And I started doing that. And all of a sudden, like I just, I sat, I remember sitting down and writing a post about pool algae, like really sitting down and going, like, okay. I've been writing these 300 word articles all about different parts of pool algae, but I'm going to sit down and write the ultimate guide to, to like getting rid of pool algae and film a video and show graphs and charts. And like, I, you know, cause I can do, you know, my skill set is not writing. It's, it's all the other multimedia stuff surrounding writing. And that article took off and I, and then I did a cloudy pool one. And I was like, Oh, this is really working. So I started to come back and I haven't turned back and I stopped building backlinks with that day. And, the site has just every year, just, you know, triples or doubles yeah. in, in growth. Interesting. How fast was the growth? Like, was it like slow growth? So did you like really go fast? basically? No, it was slow. Okay. There was a year. Uh, it was 2000, in, from 2008 to 2000 and let's call it 14 or let's mm -hmm. call it 13, 2013. I was working full time and I really, really hate writing. And it, it, you may not, if you look at all of my stuff, it may not look that way. But to me, sitting down at this computer and typing and writing, is just, a, it really just sucks the life out of me. And it's because of my whole life, I've been told I was a shitty writer. And then when I started doing this, I'm like, all right, I'm going to learn some grammar on my own because I have to do, you know, writing is how you make money on the internet. Like it's kind of an important skill to have. And so I did that. And for those years, I was working full time at a pool company doing marketing. So doing like the online marketing so stuff. writing for them. I was writing for them and I was designing their website and I was doing their newspaper ads. I was filming TV commercials. I was doing radio ads, like all the marketing stuff for this like big pool company. And so I come home and I'm like, the last thing that I want to do is write more about this topic and, and to do my own stuff. And so I started a, a website. I, I started learning how to code like in PHP and I was building uh, a social network for dogs at one point because I thought that could be a thing. And I, I had like all these other affiliate sites like a Crocs website and a snowboarding website and a home recording studio website. And, you know, I just kind of was losing my... Yeah, losing that focus and like, all right. So then 2013 hit and I lost... Or 2011 hit, I lost my job. Which, was, which I knew was coming and I knew I was going to get unemployment. And I was like, oh my God, because I had already once didn't, I didn't know about unemployment when I first got laid off, like many years before that. And I got, I went and got a job at Target for like six months because it was the, it was the winter. I didn't know I could have took, taken that entire six months off and gotten unemployment. So I knew now that that was oh, a okay. thing and I used it as a like small business loan from the government. And I, you know, sold my place, sold my car you know, lowered my expenses and just hammered out content on some university for an entire year. And, and then nothing happened. Like it grew very little. And I started another thing with my buddy, Andrew. We started listenmoneymatters.com and a podcast that is pretty successful now. And at the time was pretty successful because it was early on in the podcasting stage. And, we, and then that year, I didn't do anything on some university and it tripled. So you, you I was put like, all that work before and then 
Google just like it takes exactly. its time basically. It, yeah, and plus my business is seasonal too. So yeah, you know, they're not gonna rank pool stuff in the winter. They're gonna when people start searching, then I think it yeah. So all of a sudden I'm like, I went from making basically like 10 grand a year from my site with like AdSense, some Amazon, or not even Amazon at the time. It was Google double click. I think I was doing my affiliate links through. Okay. And now Google double click is something different. But before, they had an affiliate program yeah, before. Yeah, Google affiliates, I remember. Like I yeah. didn't use it, but I remember checking it out. Yeah, and I was using Linkshare and then that changed. So then I moved to Amazon and I went from like 10 grand to 40 grand a year. And I was like, oh, okay, this is working. And then the next that was year... was the old Amazon my- uh, commission scheme, right? On the volume one. That was, yep. That yeah. was when I was hitting 8% because I was like the very top. Yep. And it was great because it didn't matter what category at the time. Yep. And then the following year, I went from 40 to 100,000. So wow. it was like a big jump. And I was doing sponsorships. I was doing affiliate uh, stuff with Amazon. I had built my own plugin, which we'll talk about later that eventually became Lasso. And uh, I had my own products. I had my own digital products that I was selling on the site. So yeah, kind of like... And it wasn't even... a. It was a traffic thing and a, you know, just better monetization strategy overall. Yeah. And then that was in 2014. I like that you're doing multiple monetization methods because a lot of Mm -hmm. affiliates I see, they just do affiliates. You know, it's like like affiliates, 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 and it's like nothing else. I'm like, guys, actually, AdStripe is pretty good if you want to do ads or like even building an email list. It's very difficult to convince people to build an email list. I can see in, we have a course called Atari Hacker Pro. We have a lot of members. Mm-hmm. And I can see people doing really well with the effort marketing stuff, but like trying to get people to build that email list and email people and actually talk to people is, uh, is complicated, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Especially when affiliate marketing is just so easy, right? You just yeah. throw some links on there and it's like, hey, people are clicking. Yep. Well, the problem the with affiliate sense. marketing is that big companies have taken notice now and uh, a lot of affiliate subs are getting filled with very big media sites, etc. I mean, like, yeah, like Forbes.com and Business Wire, Insider. Business Insider, Wirecutter. Mm-hmm. PC Mag, mm-hmm. if you're in the software industry. Like all these guys essentially taking these parts. It's, it's more difficult. So I think it's a good idea to, to diversify. Talking about the mm-hmm. diversifying revenue, like, first of all, like, where are you at today with that site? Like, where is it at right now? What's the university? Yeah. It's doing about four hundred thousand a year wow, on that right. on that site, and the traffic is about it kind of fluctuates. I'm going to say four hundred fifty thousand unique visitors a month on average. So in the yeah, in, the, yeah, in like super seasonal, yeah. In June we get like a million and a half, and in January we get like two hundred and fifty. Okay, yeah, makes sense. I mean, we have yeah. seasonal sites as well. We know exactly how that works. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. What percentage of the revenue is like, I mean, you don't have to give me exact numbers, but I'm trying to get like a, you know, bird's eye view of like, what's yeah. affiliate marketing, what's ads, and what's yep. your products slash email slash all that stuff like? So I stopped doing ads two or three years ago because I was just terrible at sales. I tried hiring a sales team. It wasn't working out. I didn't want people on my site to think that these how-to articles we were writing were just big sales pitches for uh, these these corporations. And also... In the pool industry, a lot of pool companies don't advertise direct to consumer. They advertise to retail stores and then the retail stores are the ones. So it was a really difficult monetization strategy for us. One year, the biggest year we ever had with sponsorship ads. And I'm talking about like, we did all the work by, you know, getting the sponsorship, not something like AdThrive or buy, sell ads or anything That's how I was going to go next, but I'll let you finish. Yeah. So we, the biggest year we ever had was $75,000 in revenue and... 
it was all me. And it was just, I mean, like the amount of, yeah, the soul crushing, the amount of work that it took to just get an ad. I'm like, this is not worth 75,000. So I stopped that. Oh, so so the percentages, right? So you have have right now. Yeah. So right now it's about 70% affiliates from Amazon exclusively. Interesting. And 30% from digital products. So I have two products. One's called the Pool Care Handbook and Video Course. The other one's called the Hot Tub Handbook and Video Course. They're both $49 each one-time purchase. And I'm trying to even go 60-40. So it used to be 80-20. And before that, it was 90-10. And I'm just trying to like yeah. increase the, the product sales if I can. So you don't monetize your info content other than collecting these at this point, right? Yeah. So it's the articles on the site and even the videos. The videos specifically are advertising the products mm-hmm. that we sell. The content itself is is affiliate links and also the products that we sell and collecting an email yep. address so that we could sell our products or future products or affiliate links. I would recommend you try Ads Tribe or Mediavine actually. Like you, some people will get like really good EPCs from these. And it's, it removes the work part that you don't like. And it's like, mm-hmm. even us, we tried it on like, you know, our roundup reviews, etc. And like, you know, common sense would tell you that, oh, this is distracting people away from clicking on affiliate links, etc. And we haven't found that actually. And um, yeah, Madigiti did the same test and got the same result actually, where he did not find that it would reduce the affiliate earnings. Or if it was, it was like a small single digit thing, like within margin of error, you know? How do you justify the speed of the site? Because that's to me the biggest reason. Well, there's two that's reasons it, I don't yeah. do ads. Yeah. And I'm a speed like, Okay. Speed's incredibly important to me. If you go to my sites, they are like they load under a second. I'm I'm like a yeah, psychopath. Yeah, it's gonna cost you speed. There's no way around that. You can like you know asynchronously load the ads, etc. Like you can do all these things. Um, but first of all, if you async load the ads above the fold, then actually they won't necessarily show by the time people start scrolling. So you will actually right. make less revenue. There's that you're giving up. Yeah, but the thing is like I mean my personal view on page speed is you just need to be better than your competitors. The, which, I, which, which I was by a, a landslide. I'm sure, exactly. And so right, like, already, you probably yeah. have some, some bargaining type of page speed mm. that you can give up for monetization, provided it doesn't affect your ranking. So maybe like trade within one category or something like that. Like, or one, yeah, one article or something. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I would probably give it a test because I understand page speed is important, but it's only important to be competitive in your industry. It's not like, and honestly, I think in the pool industry, people are not tech with, with websites. No, no, no. <laughs> um, but what's important, but what's important about pool industry is these are, my audience is like 40 to 50 year old. So yeah, not very tech savvy, but a lot of them are on iPads and iPhones. That's where, I mean, 75%, yeah. if not 80% of my audience comes from that. And they're out at their pools, which is far enough away from their Wi-Fi network, which things just have to load quickly or they're going to get frustrated. Then I think load the ads. If you're asynchronously load the ads, you're not giving up on the contents page load speed. I mean, for us, we use a tool called nitropack.io that's basically our CDN slash... It basically takes all the HTML, takes all your plugins, etc. And just rewrites your pages and optimizes it and serves that as a CDN. Mm-hmm. And then what I do is I have that and then I exclude the ads, but I make them asynchronously load so yep. that content loads first and then, well, and then I'm ads. willing to lose a little bit of revenue because maybe an above the fold ad is not going to show because people scroll too fast or something. Right. Um, but it's not too bad. And I'm not saying that it doesn't cost you anything. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, sure. I'm saying you might be able to squeeze that, generate quite a lot more revenue and not really lose traffic. Do you, how does that make you feel though, as a, just a person to serve, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know that you mentioned, you mentioned, I think before. It's a personal choice, right? Right. 
And you mentioned, I think, I don't know if you mentioned before the show or if we were talking about it on the show where we're like, yeah, the whole idea of like it being a soul crushing endeavor, but we would all make a lot more money if we did it. I understand. It's a choice to make, you know? Yeah. And the thing is like with that stripe, like you can tell that you can choose which categories you want, except like you can, you can make sure there's no like, you know, like crap ads ads on your side, you know? Uh, yeah. which, which I would not be really happy with, especially like for us, we were like in weight loss, etc. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, the kind of stuff that can start showing up in these niches. And so you need yeah. to be careful. Yeah, it's a balance to strike, right? It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that, so actually, it's funny because I, I was talking about that, but I was going to talk about your email funnels next, which I'm sure you'd be happier to grow that. Rather than mm-hmm. as oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So one thing I've noticed is both on Money Lab and on Swim University, you have the title of the article and then you have an opt-in right below that. Mm-hmm. How well does that work for you? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I am not measuring them individually. So okay. I will say that. I will say what, what I did do and why this was really just kind of an eye-opener for me. When I, in 2015, I started using Sumo Me mm-hmm. to do pop-ups. Yep. And my goal was to see if pop-ups would increase my email subscribers and then I would build my own version of Sumo Me because I am a developer. And I just knew that it was gonna, it's crushing page speed. And, I, and it looked like crap. And I'm like, all right, well, let me just see if it works. So did that for a couple months. It worked very well. Oh, yeah. uh, I went from... My goal was to get at least a 1% traffic to email conversion rate. I think I got a 0.9 in the end. I'm like, cool. Did you do it in just, uh, Did I? What no, was it, was, it was a just seconds. 30 second pop up. I had it different on every page. So if you're reading a pool algae post, it was like, hey, here's an opt-in for a pool algae thing. You know, so I was getting very specific on which pages and what, what the offer was. And it worked really well. But then I realized a lot of the email addresses were kind of like, you know, not really engaged with my... Were like not really engaged with my email content. And then I started noticing like, well, I'm just paying more to MailChimp at the time for all these email addresses that like, I'm constantly cleaning my list. This is awful. I ended up switching to ConvertKit because I know Nathan and the team over there. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give my... I want to be a part of the community and give, you know, give back and whatever. I moved there and that's more expensive than MailChimp. And so I was like, well, now it's really important for me not to, you know, not to have a list of just a bunch of people who don't open emails and it's not worth it. But the reason that I wanted so many email addresses in the first place was because I was selling ads against though that huge number of people. Yeah. Like I had 50,000 people on my list and I'm like, we have a 50,000 pool owners, you know, you can advertise to, you know, if they didn't know the open rate, the yeah, open yeah. rate was like 20%. Most, most retail, they don't know it. Like they just, no. they just want the numbers of followers. They want the big numbers. Yeah. Exactly. So, so long story short, I got rid of everything and the email dropped, you know, the opt-in dropped to like 0.2%. Mm-hmm. And I started using Write Message, which is a which is software. Yeah, yeah. So that software basically will create like toasters and exit intent pop-ups and embeddable uh, things, but you can change the message of what's in those opt-ins based on the content, mm-hmm. uh, which is really really fascinating. Interesting. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this, and I'm going to see if I really target. If you, again, if you're reading an article about cloudy pools, I'm going to create an opt-in, three different opt-ins on the same page that say, you know, hey, I'll help you fix your cloudy pool, blah, blah, blah. Just very like uh, relevant. And I, again, climbed up to about a 0.05% was 
was where I was at. So I was like pretty decent. But if you're not aggressive, it's pretty good, yeah. Yeah. At that point, I was kind of like really focused on page speed. Like I was kind of like, I really, I really wanted my site to load under a second. And that, that one plugin was slowing. It was adding a full second to my page load. Yep. And I was like, I don't want to build my own. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to build my own version of this where things pop up. I just don't want to deal with JavaScript. And so I decided, well, let me just add a super lightweight, you know, pure HTML form. And I'm going to add it at the top. I'm going to add it at the bottom and I'm going to add it. Where else is it? Top and bottom. And that's it. And how's that go? I didn't see it. I didn't see a change in numbers. It stayed at, it went from stayed at 0.5 to 0.6. So I'm like, I think having it at the top works. I think having it at the bottom works. And I have it. I feel like I have it somewhere else too. Like sometimes it appears in the middle, I guess. Um, you have like a widget you put in the content maybe or something like this? I think so. I want to, I think with Money Lab, did I do something uh, else? I'm checking right now, actually. I'm yeah, I'm looking. <laughs> I have it at the top. Yeah. No, I think I just have it at the top and the bottom. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm asking because it's interesting. Like maybe, maybe it's less is more, you know? Well, and I also didn't change. Like now I'm not, the message isn't changing. So every single yeah. pool article has the same message. And the message is just subscribe to our email list. And one of the things that I did, which I recently did, and Andrew at Listen Money Matters told me this as a tip, you know, now the word subscribe has connotations of paying because we have Netflix, wow. we have, you know, everything. So you literally, and I, again, dealing with an older audience, I have to write, my button says, I think it says, um, it only says this on Swim University, but it says, subscribe, it's free. Yes, they say that. Yeah. Right? So I think that, and that worked. I mean, it's very little, very little increase, but still like, oh, people know that this, I don't have to pay for whatever this is. Like, what am I subscribing to? And the only thing I would do differently on Swim University is perhaps add some kind of text at the top that says what it is you're getting by subscribing. You know, because that's the only place I don't have it. I was going to add it in the text box. But yeah, I mean, I'm very, very happy with how lightweight it is and how many subscribers were actually converting. Okay, it's interesting. That's why I'm asking you because, like, not many people do it that way. Like, mm-hmm. everyone's just trying to do something really fancy, etc. And that's why I was like, oh, actually, it's not that bad, you know. So I'd like to see, yeah, how it does. Actually, I have a friend, especially if you have like an older audience. I have a friend who has also an older audience, and what he does is he has a system that automatically makes a PDF from the post, and the opt-in is just download this post as a PDF. Yeah. Um, so it's just like that's it's all smart. built in WordPress. And uh, essentially, it creates a lead magnet for the post that's like semi-relevant, and all the people love downloading PDFs. That's from crazy. What we found. <laughs> yeah, I, that makes so much sense. But you know, the biggest one of the biggest problems I have is we have a our product is called the Pool Care Handbook, mm-hmm. and I added a video course to it. I, no matter how, no well, no matter it is a just it's just a PDF, right? But no matter how many places on the sales page that I mention, this is a PDF downloadable PDF. I still get emails. Yeah, where's my book? I never got my book. I'm like, (laughs) you never entered your address. How am I supposed to send you a book? And and they're like, well, can I get a book? I'm like, it's full color. It's going to cost you like $50 if I were to send these books out. So, you know, 300 pages full color. So 
It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many times I write it. People don't read. That's the bottom line there. They buy and they don't. I mean, we had the same problem. We sold, like, as I said, we sold uh, info products in the health industry and that was exactly the same. Like, exactly. We had to literally put some kind of like animated gift that says that this is like some kind of like, uh, this is uh, online only yeah. or something. It's like downloadable, downloadable, it's like downloadable. It's on the screen, you know? So right. People, yeah. People, people pay more attention. And even then, like a small percentage would still yes. um, yeah. do that. What happens when I opt into your list? Which one? Let's do Swim University. You get a series of emails forever, basically. Okay. It's one, it's one long automated sequence of pool emails teaching you a different thing each week, every Tuesday. So you get the first email that's like, hey, welcome to Swim University. Here's what to expect. And then every Tuesday, you get a new email with like links to our content, all kind of themed around one, one subject. Cool. And it's like, I think a... it's like, I was, I was going to say, I think it's like 50 emails. So it's just, okay. and then once you're done, because we, we, we found out that the average life cycle of a subscriber is 246 days. So we were like, okay, as long as we have enough content for that, we're good. And well, average goal, is 50%, right? Yeah. So the goal is to sell our products. And if you don't buy our products... Do you half sell yeah. to your list? Do I what? Do you like sell oh. promo, promo emails? Yes. Actually, that is what you get in the beginning. <laughs> you okay. get like a three... I, ask, you know, I forgot about that. Yeah. So we, so we did a... We've tested this so many times. But basically, we have it set up to where as soon as you subscribe... As an email subscriber, you go to a thank you page. Thank you page is all text. And all it says is, it's just me as a person going, Hey, thanks for subscribing. Here's what you're going to get. By the way, we have these two products. Everything on this website is free. But these two products is how we keep the lights on. It's how we make money. And if you want to support the site with all this free content, I would be happy if you bought these things. And they're just links. There's no like anything fancy. That page converts... That page converts like gangbusters, you know, just from... And then the next three emails are hard sells. But if you've already bought, you don't get them, right? You're just kind of like taken off of it. Or if you buy... So it's like three days in a row, boom, 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 you know, hard sell, hard sell, hard sell. And then you get your weekly emails. Now, if the weekly emails, once you... If you go through that whole hard sell, basically, you know, four days of, of really kind of just pitching our product... If you can get past that and not buy, then at the bottom of every single email for the next 50 weeks, you're going to see a PS, here's our book. And that PS is different in every email, depending on what the email is about. And if you do buy, you never see that. So you never get pitched again. Because yeah. we only have... Content, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then you're basically just getting free content forever. And we just hope you click affiliate links at that point. Yeah, Until... Yeah, until we have future products. Maybe there's a membership coming up. Maybe there's, you know, individual like micro products about very specific topics. We don't know yet, but that's kind of the strategy there. So once it, so we kind of have like similar similar things. I really like the like one long autoresponder. It's like, I, I like it. And then sometimes I build like sub-segmentations, like people like, like they click on the blog post about, I mean, I'll take an example on Toy Hacker because people who listen to this podcast know it, but like people click on the link building post then mm -hmm. it might just like opt you into like a link building sales sequence and resume the content yeah. after that. So I'm able mm -hmm. to tag people for what they like as well. I'm building their profiles as they right. do that. But one thing that we found that increases sales like crazy is using evergreen scarcity, actually. I don't know if you have looked into that. 
we use a tool called deadline funnel, right? So basically what we do is we're like, well, this course sells for this much. Here's the sales page you can see and people do buy it. And uh, you know what? You can, there's like a 40% discount for the next seven days. And then there will be a hard sell period. Anyway, it's over. It's just like back to casual content. Very similar yep. to what you do. But uh, as soon as you, and, and it really does close with something like deadline funnel. Like it's not just a right. bullshit timer. Right. Um, it's like you really try to like do your tracking. Oh, obviously, this is never 100% proof. Like it never works 100%, but it works 99% of the time, you know? Right. Um, and you do respect your deadlines. If someone emails you after the deadline, you like don't offer it, etc. Mm. If you do that, I think it's too much. According to my book, I think it's ethical enough. At the same time, you get a massive boost in sales. So right. hey, you should probably look at that. Yeah, I think we do something similar where, and I, it's been a little while, you know, I'm kind of, I really do dislike email marketing if I'm being honest. Okay, I, I can I, topic then after that. You no, know, it's fine. Because <laughs> it's, well, the reason I dislike it is because I just, it's you know, I, I, well, it's, you can very easily overcomplicate it, especially with all these new email marketing tools. And I want to so bad, you know, over tag everybody and really build profiles. But then I have literally nothing to do with it. Like it's like once I have, and I'm like, whoa, at a time I was just finding out like, do you have, when you subscribe, do you have an in-ground pool or an above-ground pool? Do you have a, are you using chlorine? Are you using salt? And I go, I don't care. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you're, you're buying the same thing at the end of the day anyway. I agree. And, and so... Every time I overcomplicate it, I end up losing sales. And when I simplify it, I gain sales. And I think we do that that three-day sequence is kind of like 70, a 72-hour sale, right? And then after that, it goes back to the original price and that's it. So that's, that's exactly yeah. what I was recommending you to do, actually. Yeah, and we do 10% off. We don't even go... Because it's a $49 product. It's not yeah. a... You know, it's, it's really, relatively expensive. And I figure like 20%... Is a lot, but ten percent is like just good enough to be like, oh, seventy-two hours, ten percent off. It's pool season. Yeah, I'll get this thing. That's the most. You know, a lot of at the beginning as well. Like it's like some people, you know, they're like, oh, you need to do all this nurturing. We found that this is wrong. Like you know, it's one of the same, things. same. <laughs> we found that yeah. the best thing to do is just to sell right away as people opt in. It's like where you get the most of, uh, sales by a long shot, actually. Do you, and and the products that you're selling, how much are they? Um, on average, I mean, like we've done. They vary. The range was twenty-seven to two thousand dollars. So there's been some ranges, you know. It's like, but so, every single time it works the same, actually. Really? So I would naturally assume that higher price products would require more nurturing. So they do, but like the thing is, like you do the nurturing in your lead magnet, for example. So for example, the lead magnet is going to be like a free two-hour video, or something. like you know, it's right. gonna be more involved. And then the nurturing is like right here, right there. Here's a chunk of value. And yeah, people do make that. They're like the hottest. And at the same time, you just deliver the value, you know, Netflix way. Like people want to binge content, right? Yeah, you just front-end the content. Yep. Um, yeah, that's what has worked better for us, actually. And it's real simple. Yeah. I want to talk to you about social media as well, because you do a lot of social media. And honestly, we're not like we're getting there, but we're not amazing at social media. And a lot of our followers are like pure SEO people. And I think there would be a lot of benefits to them if they were, you know, adding a little bit of that stuff. So yeah. I've seen that you're active on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest for Swim University. Is that yeah. correct? Like I'm a, uh, so for Swim University, we only do Pinterest and YouTube. Hmm. We did do Facebook and Twitter. I realized, well, one, I realized Twitter, just our audience, you know, they're just not yeah, on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it was so easy with Buffer and, and like it's like the same content that you would just spit across all the different platforms. 
the with Facebook, I basically just said, you know, like I basically hate Facebook because of okay. ethical reasons. And so, yeah. And I, you know, the other day we were like, we we're like, we're re kind of like focusing our Pinterest strategy. And I was like, you know, we really should do Facebook because I know our audience is on Facebook. Yeah. And we get a lot of questions on Facebook. And what we have is a autoresponder that just says, hey, email us instead. <laughs> because we, I don't need my VA being in two places. But, and they usually do. They, you, you know, they'll usually send in the question and then it pops up automatically saying, hey, email us. And then just copy and paste the question over to email. And in email, we can have a more engaged, like we, you know, we have this whole thing in email where my VA has a whole document of if then, then if that, then this, you know what I mean? So, and she's really intelligent. So she can go, okay, this person's asking this question about whatever. She knows how to find that question either on our site or on Google and answer it for them. And then she basically says, thank you for sending your question. Hope it helped. Here's a coupon code for our product, right? So we're using that as like a marketing engine as well. And Facebook just to me, what I hate about it is that you create this content and then it disappears into the ether and you're just constantly having to do this. yeah. Yeah, whereas like YouTube and Pinterest are search engines that you can create content that actually is evergreen. And I, and I also just, you know, when you look at Facebook as one of our traffic sources in Google Analytics, it's just like not that great it's comp- as compared to the other two. So we've doubled yeah. down on YouTube and Pinterest. And Facebook, they give you this and then you need to pay for to get this, you know, like it's, it's just uh-huh. like a free, it's free trial, you know? Yep. <laughs> Man, that's the best way to put it. Yes. But on Money Lab, it's very much Twitter because that is literally where everybody is, right? If I'm sure everyone listening to this has a Twitter account, they're probably there as their like main social media or Instagram. But Instagram doesn't, I can't put links in there. Therefore, I completely ignore it. You can put links if you have more than 10,000 followers. 20. Is it 10,000? I thought it was 20,000. 10, yeah. for the swipe up on the stories. And uh, tell yeah. them as well, they have this thing. You know, did you see the bio link thing for Instagram? So you can, you have that bio link that basically creates that page that takes the image from your Instagram post that you showed you on Tailwind app. And then it links to that. So you're like, oh, click on my bio link and people find the same image, click on it. And then they get to a link. You Obviously, it's not great. It's not great user interface. Right, but... But that's one way something. to get traffic from Instagram, you know? Yeah, and I just think like, with, with Swim University, what am I going to... What are my pictures going to be? Pe- like shock, a shock bottle, a, uh, you know, algaecide bottle, a swimming pool. But that's not what we do, right? So like anybody is going to like look like looking at swimming pools. How yeah, do you yeah. target pool owners with a, with a picture? But money... And again, with Money Lab, it's like, what am I going to show? Screenshots? That's a... I feel like that's a boring Instagram account. Although for Brew Cabin, that is where all homebrewers hang out. They hang out on Instagram and YouTube. Yes, and uh, and we do have an Instagram account for Brew Cabin. And it's very good. It just doesn't give us any traffic whatsoever. So yeah, it's just, just like, well, I'm, how long do I do this? Yeah. Well, yeah. it's like, you should definitely run retargeting. Uh, do you have products on Brew Cabin? No. No, not okay. yet. So when you have products like running retargeting on people who engage on these social media, this Mm -hmm. is how you justify spending the time, basically. Otherwise, yeah, it's kind of hard to monetize, right? Yeah, we did a lot of retargeting on Swim University for Facebook ads. And we ran Facebook ads for those products. And I actually had a Facebook ads coach for like half a year. We just could not figure it out. And I I think think it was because the prices were so low on the products. I was going to say, you're too cheap. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, too, yeah, too cheap. So like, and it was just like, yeah, I mean, I'm like, I'm spending $50 to make $50. 
Yeah, yeah fair enough. I, I think, yeah, I think the problem is that you need a $150 product. Hundred fifty, mm-hmm. two hundred, and I think I think you can make this work and be like fairly profitable. Like yeah, uh, the other thing, the other thing we yeah, the other thing we could do, and this is something I have on my list of like I gotta put a process in place and figure it out. I started paying for Crowdcast okay. to do money yeah. to do Money Lab, kind of just like hey, I'm jumping on Crowdcast to do a Q and A about podcasting, do a Q and A about page speed, whatever, and you know, just as an audience, kind of. What do I want to call it? Like just a, you know, like I feel like the podcast is really like an audience engager. Right? The podcast isn't, and well, for you it is because you're on YouTube, but it's not a place where it's it's not a discovery engine, but it's a solidification engine where if someone likes Money Lab and they're like, oh, he has a podcast, I'll listen. Oh, I like right. the, you know, it's like yeah. So wearing like a podcast is a pain, yes, because it's so small. yeah, yeah. So you, yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> I mean, it was it was great back in 2014 when yeah, we, nice, you know, because. Right. Our personal finance podcast has 80,000 downloads an episode, right? But we built that before there were really any podcasts. And, and now we're just kind of maintaining at the top. But it's still growing. It's really tough. And I think even that's what I'm doing with Crowdcast. And I have this idea that I want to do like a pool school, which is like maybe every week or every other week where it's a Q&A style pool school for, our, for people, a webinar and I sell the products through it, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe you drive, you know, Facebook ads to that and you grow your audience that way. And then who knows? So things I'm testing out this summer and trying to make it... The, the biggest problem is I can't put all my time and effort into it because I have these three brands. And it's like, well, where do I put my How do you balance time? your time, actually? Yeah. Like yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. I think you need... Yeah, I think you need a more expensive product on... Uh, if you have this much traffic on Swim University... Like, holy shit, you need a more expensive yeah. product. <laughs> yeah, I just wonder if people will spend that, you know, for a There's for only one way to know, care. you know? To, yeah, it's to do it, right? I think, and it's like the pool care handbook and video course, it's kind of like everything, right? Yeah. So it's like, what can I add to that? Or maybe I can price. create... Well, I did. It used to be 29. Now it's 49. So here's... You do it... Um, I don't know if you remember lead pages when they started, but the way they were doing this is they kept adding to the product features mm-hmm. and they were running price increase campaigns. So they would take the entire audience and be like, guys, the price, like we just added these features and these features and these features in the last few days, uh, in the last few months, sorry. So the yeah. price is officially going to go from, you know, $49 a month to $69 a month. But you have seven days to catch the price get as it. it is right now. Yep. And so your audience is not annoyed because they get a real opportunity to actually get the product at the best price. And mm-hmm. then you're slowly upgrading your product. That's why we did um, Atoy Hacker Pro. And Atoy Hacker is exactly that. Now it's a $2,000 product. But at the time when I started, it was five videos that we sold for $29. Uh, and you just keep, you just keep and adding and adding growing content, to it. You know? Yeah. Well, and, we, I did that with, um, with... On Money Lab, I did that. So mm-hmm. with Asana for Bloggers, which was my first course, it used to be 25 bucks. And people were like, you are undercharging so yes. much for this. And I was like, got it. I redid the course. I made it. I updated it because it had been like four years since I'd updated it, and added a whole bunch more content and gave everyone in my in my audience an opportunity to get it at twenty five dollars before I raised it to ninety nine. And you sold it, you know, sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So it was great. And I've done. I did the same thing with with Swim University when the price was twenty nine dollars and we were adding the video portion to it. I'm like, get it while it's hot. Get it while it's twenty nine because it's about to go to forty nine. And yeah, huge sales bump. And actually, every time we do a sale, because we do a sale every quarter, huge bumps, huge, huge, huge bumps in sale. And it was just we just automate that. So every quarter, it's just like we're doing a we're doing a spring sale, we're doing a summer sale, we're doing a, a you know a fall sale. And 
it works. But I, I agree that, yeah, Swim University needs higher priced products or the opposite, a Maybe bunch products. of lower priced products, right? Yeah, one or the other. One or the other, but but what you need yeah, is would, you need to be able to get two hundred dollars for one person. Let's say like in your checkout, and you just sell them a bundle, or you sell them like one big product. You know. Yeah, I mean, and and I use Podia to do all my sales, and I can do bundles and upsells very easily. And yeah, it's definitely something that I'm considering this su- this summer is to really kind of double down on money on Swim University and Money Lab. To be honest. Nice. That was literally not the point of the question, by the way. We <laughs> yeah, I'd say. The point of the question, where I want to go, actually, I wanted to go to Pinterest because I know you're like quite big on Pinterest. I yeah. used to be big on Pinterest, but the truth is I haven't done it for a while. My fiance mm-hmm. does it, like our site gets a lot of traffic from Pinterest, but I haven't. So what's the, what's the plan on Pinterest these days? Like how do people get traffic? This is really kind of like, all right, so I've done Pinterest for years mm-hmm. and I wouldn't say I'm huge on Pinterest, but I'm certainly like, I definitely feel like I've, I understand it and I've understood it since day one. But there's a lot of talk, there's a lot of education that I got that was, again, very early day black hat stuff where it's like, hey, take the same pin, repin it, take the same pin, repin it. And just because it's all about freshness. And I'm I in my head, that. I'm just like, yeah, and I'm, in my head, yeah, there was a thing called Board Booster. There's this program called Tailwind, which I mean, People promote Tailwind. It is the worst UI I've ever seen for like a modern SaaS product. I'm like, guys, put it, get it together. It's complex, yeah. I, yeah, I won't use it because it looks so terrible. I use Buffer, right? Because it just looks better. And, but it doesn't do the same thing. Like Buffer doesn't have all the, uh, all the stuff. But, for, research, oh yeah. yeah. But I just kept say, saying to myself, well, if Pinterest is a search engine and that's the way we're treating it, then it should work the exact same way as your blog, right? Where your the every single piece of content that you add to Pinterest should be new, should be fresh and new. And so the strategy that I employ is you have one article, mm-hmm. right? You can promote that article several, several times on Pinterest as long as the image is different. And I'm not talking different enough, fully different, right? Because some people might, it's kind of like when you go on Facebook and you're running ads, you create like 15 images for one ad because, you know, one's going to work better than the other. So if you think of it that way, all Pinterest wants is more images. That's what they are. They're an image driven. It's like Instagram. The fact, but like repinning over and over again, just never made sense to me. But I kept hearing that. And then I kept hearing about like, there's, so it's like you, you want to use tall images. You want to use high contrast photos. You want to pin consistently. You want to pin to your own content. You want to do like... They, they were talking about this 80-20 principle where it's like 80% of the content should be yours and then you can repin 20% of other people's content. But you really have to be a curator to do that. And to be honest with you, I have no interest in that 20%. I'm just going to do my own thing because I'm trying to grow my own thing and not their mm-hmm. thing. And if you look at Home Depot or any of the other... Or Martha Stewart or any of the other huge pit, you know, pinners... That's not what they're doing. They're pinning their own thing, right? Because they know that it's kind of a waste of time to pin other people's things. So my strategy is basically like, go through all of our content and basically create right now four pins per post. And we have about 200 posts. And we've already pinned a lot of those and we're just keeping track of it in the spreadsheet. And then once we fill up all four, then we're going to do five, right? So then it's like, oh, do all the posts again. But do least and you add one more basically. Add one more. Yeah. So that's kind of the strategy there. And it's a matter of just like putting as much content on Pinterest as possible, 
because whatever you know it's, do you it's, it's, for yeah, yeah. like do you do like well so we mentioned. yep so we already do that on swim university you know mm -hmm. for google and i just i'm like we're already doing it we're already using hrefs we've already mm -hmm. you know done all that research and so i feel like yes pinterest is a different engine but people still have the same, same they're still they're still the same people and so we know the answer to that question is no we've already done it and so we already have a good title we already have a good you know we just we already have good text so we just copy and paste a lot of the text from our article and throw it in the description of the pin and we make sure we link to it and it's it's all they're rich so it already it pulls in the title already and we just make sure that the image has the a couple of the keywords from the title in it and that the image is relevant. And we use, we use, I say we, it's me. I'm the one doing it right now. So we're doing, <laughs> I'm too. doing. I say all the teams yeah. doing all of these, et cetera. Right. Because yeah, there's a, there is a team, but they don't have it. They don't, they're not, it hasn't been passed on to them yet. Because the way that I approach all of this stuff is like, let me do it. Like, and let me figure out the process, write it all down and then go, who wants it? <laughs> who wants I'm, to do I'm this? exactly the same. Like yeah. literally right now, I'm, I'm editing our podcast to figure out how people should edit the podcast in video. And I am doing that. Call to actions, I want, et cetera. Like, yep, I'm doing that with, uh, so we have a, a I'm doing a, the experiment you mentioned earlier about the podcast for Swim University that's not working that well right now. I knew that from the beginning. And yeah, I started using the script and I'm like, I've never used this before. I'm really curious about it. And so I'm kind of like doing the podcast soup to nuts. Which is how I did Money Lab, which is how I did Listen Money Matters. And then eventually we handed it off to somebody else and go, here's the process, just yep. duplicate. Yep. I so, um, document, I don't think it's a waste of time. Like we have a company wiki, we just like, I write every task I do and I document it. And I feel yep. it's worth the time. And it gets done a lot better than if you try to pass it on to someone without really caring about it, you know? Yeah. I do uh, a document plus a video on how to do it. Like I just quickly record a screencast, like, here's how I do it. And then I assign it to somebody, hey, watch this video. Here's the SOP in a Google Doc or whatever, or directly in Asana. And they're like, great, understood. And if they have questions, they'll, they'll comment. But other than that, it's pretty smooth. But yeah, that's kind of the Pinterest strategy. And I've, been, I've heard from people that Pinterest has pretty poor traffic, meaning like if you look at Google Analytics, your bounce rate will be very high from mm -hmm. Pinterest traffic. Your sales will be very low from Pinterest traffic. I've noticed that my bounce rate from Pinterest traffic is the same as Google traffic. Mm -hmm. So that's decent to me. But yeah, the product sales are much lower, but affiliate links are the same, like click-wise. So yeah, I'm about to do a huge Pinterest experiment or a, not an experiment, but a challenge. And I'm just going to like bulk do a, like 150, 250 pins and like schedule them all in buffer and then just measure... You know, are we increasing product sales? Are we getting more traffic? What's the bounce rate? Are we getting more affiliate link clicks? Are those clicks converting, et cetera? Like all these different metrics to be like, does pin is Pinterest a viable um, traffic engine for certain people? Yeah, I think, we'll it, I think it's a good question because it's quite easy to get traffic from Pinterest, but I agree, like the bounce rate I've seen is pretty high. So mm -hmm. it's like I like it on sites that are, for example, monetized with like AdStrive or MediaBite. This is great. For example, yeah. kind of like, that's kind <laughs> that's, of the model, right? Mm -hmm. I know you don't want to do it. Uh, we we well, talked about that. <laughs> hey, if but, I'm uh, sending, I'm willing to test anything. So that's, uh -huh. I mean, I, I've definitely talked to a lot of people who were like, you know, Zoic is the one I've heard, AdThrive, MediaVine. Uh, yeah, yeah. And What's the best one? I mean, 
I have found that Stripe is the highest paying RPM, actually, like the best RPM. Okay. I think Mediavine has more options for site speed in their WordPress plugin, though, so you might want to look at them. Okay. So it's close enough, but I've had also some people switching from Mediavine to AdStrive and getting plus 30% revenue. So, oh, that's you know, huge. you, you got yeah. to you you pick your trade offs. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk about Lasso? Sure. I mentioned earlier, and I can tell you the whole kind of evolution of it. It started with uh, Sub University in 2014, and I was doing the podcast, the List of Money Matters podcast with Andrew, who was a developer, and that was his, that was his day job. And at the time, Sub University was using LinkShare, mm-hmm. and I was dealing with one company, one they were called Pool Supply World, and it's this one one e-commerce store for pool stuff, and they had an affiliate program, and they had an affiliate manager that literally would talk to me, like we would call call each other. So I had a really close relationship. But then Andrew was like, dude, you could be on Amazon and getting 8% instead of 5%. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. And they have an API. So you should build something to automatically add products to your content. And I was like, um, dude, I'm not that good of a developer. Like, I'm dangerous, but not that. Like, I don't know how to use APIs. And he's like, dude, you can figure it out. Like, I bitched and moaned about like doing it. He was like, just go do it. And it was February 2014. And I sat down and I just did everything in my functions.php file. Like it was, it wasn't a plugin. It was just me smashing this code into my theme. And what it did was I would add a short code to an article that would say Mm -hmm. Amazon ID equals and then the B number within Amazon. And what it would do is my, this code, this class that I built would go to the Amazon API, find that you know, search for that B number, grab all of the information, title, description, price, image. And when you load the page, it would happen when you load the page and it would go find all that, store it into a local database and display this box on the page that had the image, that had the description, that had the title, had the price and had a buy button, buy now on Amazon. And then I ran a cron job every 24 hours to go through the database and refresh image and price and title if it needed to. And it would only, it would be like, hey, if the price changed, change the price, whatever. Worked. I mean, that's what sent me from 40 grand a year to 100 grand a year. Yep. Was was building that little thing that, yep. They're like, yeah, little breakout boxes. Then many years went by and I would just keep getting emails from people like, how are you doing that? you know, what plugin are you using? And I kept saying like, it's not a plugin. I built it. I couldn't even give you the code if I wanted to because it would not work on your website. And I eventually moved it to a plugin style, but it was still very much like only worked on my site. And it allowed me... When I moved it to a plugin, it allowed me to install it on across all three of my sites, but I would have to go in and change the code for each one. So it was really just clunky and bad. In, uh, there's an article on Money Lab. It's called like building and launching a, a WordPress plugin in 40 days, I think, where I teamed up with a developer and we took my code and turned it into a legit plugin called Earnest, which was mm-hmm. uh, Earn IST. And we, that's, and we ended up selling that for $49 for the whole year. So every year, you would, it would be $49 a year for the plugin. And at the same time I was doing that, I didn't know it, but Andrew was building Lasso, which was... Not the whole... It didn't actually use my code where it would display boxes on the site, which was really all mine did. It was like an affiliate link manager in like mm. in WordPress. And it would... If you had a link to say... 
let me give me an example. Like if you linked to ConvertKit, like literally like ConvertKit.com in your, in your content or Bluehost.com in your content, but then you signed up for an affiliate program for Bluehost, well, then it would go and find all of the times you linked to Bluehost That's and nice. you'd be able to flick a toggle and it would just go to that content and convert it to your affiliate link. And I was no, like, this whoa. This is good. You know, for us, like, um, even if the companies don't have FA programs, we tend to like make a short link anyway and then be like, oh, the day they have an FA program, then we can use that as a pain in the ass yeah. because I sometimes want to just give a do follow link, et cetera. And I can't because it's in my affiliate link thing because I'm like, well, my da- one day it might be one way we monetize it, et cetera. So yeah. I, as- right. Yeah. So that was what he was doing. And then we teamed up and we built Lasso together and we combined the two different styles. So we have, it's a display box thing plus an affiliate link manager that lets you go and find these things. But the other thing we did was, and this is coming out in like April, May, Mm -hmm. where we've redesigned the whole thing and now we have keywords. So let's say you have Bluehost, okay? Mm -hmm. And let's say you've mentioned Bluehost on your site, but didn't actually create a link for it. So you can type in Bluehost as your keyword. It will go through your content and find all of the references to Bluehost. And it will add, and it will have a list of like, these are all your opportunities. If you want to flick a toggle, it'll take that keyword and turn it into an affiliate link on your nice. site. Is that um, going to work with uh, page builders, Gutenberg, etc.? Because that's kind of the trick, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter because it's not in the content part. It's all done through database stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The content builder stuff is what gets tricky there is the display boxes and how you do that. But the display boxes are just short codes. So if you can add short codes to a, you know, a a page builder, then that's it. So what we're doing with the new version of Lasso, so Lasso does this now, besides the keyword stuff, but all the stuff I mentioned earlier is what it does now. But basically, we can tell you too, like, hey, you've mentioned, again, like, let's say you've been linking to ConvertKit all these years, but you didn't have an affiliate program. So now all of a sudden you do, and you can go and literally just toggle over and all those times you mention it and turn it into... Yeah, and you can find... And we do that for all your links. So we, we track all of your links, not just your affiliate links. And what if you find out that, you know, wow, I've been linking to this... I've been linking to Authority Hackers so much. Hey, do you guys have an affiliate program? And you're like, yeah, we do. I'm like, great. So now I'm going to go back through my content. Like I would have to go into each and individual page and change it. But with Lasso, I can do I it all. I have a question though. Is it going to be able, mm-hmm. let's say you link to like three of our blog posts, right? And you can mm-hmm. affiliate each blog. Would you be able to maintain the slug and add the, 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 the TID at the end, you know? Yeah, so we're going to have deep links available. So for each affiliate mm-hmm. link, you can create like, so if you have, yeah, so for, let's, let's use your site as an example. If I've been linking to individual pieces of your content, right? Yeah. I would have to create a, a new link for each one of those because you would have to add that appendage to the end of that URL. But they would all be categorized or basically children underneath authorityhacker.com. So that's, that's how we're, yeah. yeah, that's how we're doing. Like basically you can, for every domain or every affiliate link that you have, you can create multiple deep links under that. And then you can choose when you go to like click the toggle over, do you want the main link or do you want one of the deep links? So it's pretty cool. It's like I use Thirsty Affiliates for like other affiliate programs and I use yep. AWP for, yep. uh, for Amazon. Amazon right now. Here's one thing that I'm telling you would get people crazy over your plugin. And that's comparison table for products. Already in the scope. But the we, thing, uh, is, the thing yeah. is not any comparison table. So the problem is like AWP does comparison table, right? Yep. But the problem is like AWP will do like a top 10 products comparison table. 
Mm -hmm. However, what a lot of affiliate marketers have found is, let's say, like I see, like you have the best pull alarm post on yeah. the site, right? What people like is like they like to put a best, like best budget, best mm -hmm. um, wire cutter style premium option, exactly. And so mm -hmm. it'd be really nice if that plugin could do that because AWP cannot do that, and there's nothing out of the box that can do that right now. And I know a lot of Amazon affiliates would appreciate that. I think all we're doing this is like the main goal of Lasso is to make your site function like wire cutter. Okay. Well, I so, think a lot of people would be interested then. Yeah. So imagine you take, imagine you create a display box. Let's imagine you have a product in your affiliate link, like manager, right? Mm -hmm. And that is the, that is your budget option as a microphone for podcasting or whatever. Yeah. You can go into that link and you can add a flag and a tag to it called budget. budget. Yeah. And so when you create the display box, It'll have a like a flag wrapped around it that says like our budget pick or whatever we just you know whatever you decide. That's what we want, yeah. And then when you create the display box, it'll it'll say that. But then also when you go to do the t this is not in the the current version, but it's we're coming out with it this year. Mm -hmm. When you go to create display table or yeah comparison tables, those flags will also appear there, and you can choose: do you want to compare two products, one product, three products, ten products? Doesn't matter. And you can build those tables and then display them wherever you want to. The goal is to kind of like imagine AAWP mixed with Thursday affiliates, mixed with Pretty Links, and all of that on steroids. So that's kind of like it's like kind of like everything because Andrew and I are affiliate marketers. Everything we've yeah. ever wanted in an affiliate marketing plugin is kind of what we're doing, which is why it's premium. It's a here's here's another request. So like let's say you promote like an individual affiliate program. Most of them support custom TIDs, which allow you to put the URL, all that, etc. It would be so nice if you guys allow us to put dynamic TIDs so I can put my URL slug, for example, or something like that. So I have an idea in my affiliate report, in my dashboard, which pages generated the conversions. And then I can... Oh, like a sub ID? Yeah, but like you want it dynamic. You want it to like pull the URL or pull the post title or pull something like this dynamically so that you make the same box, but you put it on like 10 pages, but the link is going to dynamically fill the information for that page so you know which one made money, you know? And where are you getting these reports from? Um, usually the affiliate dashboard. So like if they're using iDev Affiliate, for example, or something like that, mm -hmm. you are able to just add that slug at the end of your affiliate link and then you can use that for internal tracking. But the problem is that you need to create a new link every single time. It would be nice if you get right. a dynamic portion that picks some information about the page that allows me to say, okay, this is the page that generated the sale here. Let's try to rank this page high on Google. This one yep. does not convert, etc. That's easy to implement and a great idea. Right now, and I have to talk to Andrew about it, we're do, you can do sub-IDs. So like if you're using Impact Radius, like he's using, um, right now he's using something called Affluent. Which is like an affiliate link tracker, which is our third phase of Lasso is, you know, the first phase is like basically inventory style and like display boxes and stuff. The second one is like crazy display boxes, like the tables and list posts and all that kind of stuff and, and themes and custom themes and all that stuff to make it look however you want to look. Then the third phase is we want to show you reporting on everything, like not just what yeah. pages are getting the most clicks, but how much money are make, you actually yeah. making? Yeah. So... It's really going to be like a soup to nuts thing. But right now, I know you can add sub IDs to the target URLs within Lasso and get that information pushed up into Impact Radius and whatever, like Affluent or whatever. The other thing you can do is we do, we connect with Google Analytics. So what we do is, yeah, and we add, we append display box or link. So we know in analytics through events which 
products are getting the most clicks on which pages and what style they are, if they're a link or if they're a, uh, like an in-text link or if they're a display box. Good and so you can look... Yeah, so you can look at that now and say, well, this page is getting the most affiliate link clicks. And so we want to, you know, obviously rank for that. Or what's the best about it, which I've used several times, is let's say you have a page with four or five affiliate links that are all different. Well, you can look at that page and go, well, wait a minute, the fourth link on this page is getting more clicks than the first link on the page. So we just go on that post and move it up. Yeah. And that's worked like gangbusters. That's built in there right now. And it's just that's through really Google cool. Analytics. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I guess the next step is A-B testing as well. That would be sick as well, I think. Yeah, that would be uh, sick. The problem I mean, is A-B testing. problem is A-B testing. Everyone wants A-B testing and nobody does it. <laughs> no one does it right either, right? It's like, and it's, and like, it's also, you need a ton of traffic to really yeah. get results quickly. And if not, you got to let it ride for, you know, a year or so. Especially for these rounded pages. Like, it's like, yeah, some keywords are big, but a lot of keywords are like, medium or small and it's really mm-hmm. kind of like over the long term make good money and then you have a lot of these pages but you can't really like yeah it's tricky actually i yeah. guess the analytics makes more sense i think i'm pretty much done here is there anything cool. that i should have asked you that i didn't no i think i think we covered everything yeah i mean we did we covered some university i think kind of as much as you could cover some <laughs> yes. university money lab i think you have to kind of go see it to understand it. it's really hard to sell, I guess. And I don't, not that I'm trying to sell anything I think there, people should go check it out, actually. That's the things like we talked about a lot of the things you do and mm-hmm. these things are documented on MoneyLab. So what I think yeah. people should do is they should go on MoneyLab.co and check out the rest if they want to read more, I think. Yeah, I totally agree. And then Lasso is just, is a, it's kind of a separate, it's a separate company that Andrew and I, you know, because we do the podcasts, both podcasts, MoneyLab and Listen Money Matters together. And Lasso is sort of our joint project. And it's what we use on all our sites currently. And we are, we just did a massive rehaul in December and we've been, have a, we have three developers on it right now. And we are very, very close to getting out the new version, probably like two weeks. And once that's out, we're kind of like all in on lasso promotion. And we think it's really going to be like the thing. Like we think it's going to be the thing that we've been like waiting for. To really well, send, if yeah. it's really two weeks, if you make your deadline, this podcast is literally coming out when it is coming that's, out. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, that's what I'll tell Andrew. I'm like, you got two weeks, bro. <laughs> but really, like, we we need like we have a small core group of customers. They need to test it out because it really is what you see on the website now. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very different, and it's it does it all does all the same things, but it's going to look and feel very differently, and it's actually going to be a lot easier to use. Which was the you whole do show goal some of it. Demos on your site, like it's like I need to see a box I can click on. That's the one. Yeah, we just started doing theming, so we, now you can choose different themes. You can yes. customize the CSS on all those boxes. We've done. We're doing grids, and we're doing single boxes. We're doing the, the next phase is the tables because everyone wants comparison tables for sure. Yeah, and it's and it's not just Amazon. You know, it's Ama- I mean, it has That's the same Amazon integration as AWP, but it also you can compare an Amazon product to a non-Amazon product. But that's the, that's what I like. That's it's like no problem, no plugin allows you to do that out of the box, and it's quite interesting because like I I know a lot of niches where we we do promote in multiple areas, and it's like oh you have your Amazon table, then you link to another store. It's not very clean, you know. No, um, it's not. I think that's going to be quite interesting, actually. Yeah, um, and that's the goal. Well, I think we're going to close it up here. People can go cool. check out moneylab.co. They can go check out uh, getlasso.co. Uh, hopefully, it's going to be updated by the time this podcast is out. And if it's not, it should be here soon. Uh, yes. If you enjoyed this podcast, like and subscribe. And we'll see you for the next episode.